Welcome to Money Loves Me, Money Loves Me Not with your host, Don Parks. The show's purpose is to inspire you to get educated, to dig in, take action, and to think about some things differently about reinventing your relationship to money. We all have a relationship to money. Some of it is awesome, some of it is terrible. And we know that given where we're headed, almost all of us need more. We don't like it when money doesn't love us. So this podcast is designed to provide you with information and access to resources you never even imagined. You can watch episodes on YouTube and listen through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. For prior episodes, go to www.moneylovesme.show and claim your free gift. Please note, the information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute any investment, legal, or tax advice. An offer to buy or sell any product or security mentioned, or an endorsement of any third-party views. The things we talk about come from sources we believe to be reliable, but are not guaranteed to be accurate or complete. All the links and documents we provide are intended as additional educational information and should not be construed as an endorsement of any kind. All examples are for illustrative purposes only. Please contact us directly with questions or your financial professional to get more details. Now, here's the host of the Money Loves Me, Money Loves Me Not podcast, Dawn Parks. Hey, everybody. Dawn Parks here with the Money Loves Me, Money Loves Me Not podcast. We are here to inspire you to take some action, whether it's knowledge or to start looking at some new investing tools to make sure you are reinventing your relationship to money. Because we all know we love money. And somehow, even if you're really wealthy, it doesn't always seem to stick around in quite the same way. So, we have some amazing speakers and some very cool products that are for you to consider when it comes to who do I want to be now and who do I want to be in the future? And today I've got this really cool guest. It's Hannah Chapman. She's from right here in Cincinnati where I am. Well, maybe a little bit north. And um, she's got a company called X Squared Wealth Advising. And she's really focused in the entrepreneur space. And I love that because that's who I work with is entrepreneurs. And that's there's such a gap because quite often wealth advisors are focused on people who have who are already well established and you approach it from a very different point of view. So Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Don, thank you. I'm so happy to be here talking with you. Um, and yes, I, like you mentioned, I'm the founder and owner of X Squared Wealth Planning. Um, and I'm a wealth advisor. I'm a certified financial planner. All the letters that go after my name are just, you know, <laughs> they're there. But what I really, truly care about is helping entrepreneurs, especially visionary entrepreneurs. So those are the people who want to make the world a better place for, you know, their demographic. Um, and it's so beautiful to hear people's stories and to hear who it is that they are passionate about helping. Um, because those are the people that I tend to draw to me is that they want to build a business and they want to help their family, you know, provide for their family and provide for, you know, all the normal things that we want to do, but it's so much bigger than that. And, and these entrepreneurs, you know, want to, you know, create charities or, you know, build housing for the homeless or, you know, create foundations that will support mental health in different ways. You know, I mean, like big ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I find is that these visionary entrepreneurs, 
also tend to be very close with their money, right? As far as there's right. a lot of fear, doubt, and worry that comes with the money story. So how do we, you know, stop worrying about money? How do we take control of your income and start to make the choices that will allow you to then build wealth, build your legacy with joy and with ease? And we can do that. We can do all of those things at the same time. Uh, and that's what I lead my clients through, um, through that comprehensive planning process where we get to um, we get to like dump out the puzzle, right? Like get a puzzle box, oh, yeah. you dump it all out. You flip all the puzzle pieces over so you can see the, see the picture. And then we start sorting, right? And then as we put the puzzle together, the next most important part is to identify where you want to go. What are your desires for your business? What are your desires for your family? If you have children, what do you desire to provide for them? You know, what does college look like? What does education look like? What does life look like, you know, further out experiences? And then it's like, as we build out the puzzle, we place the desires on the outsides and we figure out how to expand the puzzle. Like, how do we build towards those desires? Wow. And that really is the basis, right? That's how we create the financial plan. And the important part for me, what makes me different um, from, you know, just being able to create the roadmap is that then we can also actually implement it. We can actually pick the right accounts. We can do the actual savings. We can look at the investments and, and make sure that all of that is tracking along with the plan that we've created. Um, so I really, I hold my clients very holistically um, to make sure that, you know, any of those money decisions as they come up, that we're filtering them through, okay, what do we need now? What does the business need now? What do you need personally right now? And how is that going to play out into the future? And we can make decisions once we, once we have that roadmap, you can start to filter your decisions more easily. I think that's really, I've just listened and I'm, I'm, there's a million thoughts I have, right? You know, a lot of times, a lot of times people won't take that the first step. They have a lot of dreams. You know, I, mm -hmm. I think about, you know, like a, like college kids and we've told them all their lives, you can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You, you've got the whole world ahead of you. And then on the day they graduate from college, it's like these, this prison bars come down and say, forget that that's over with, go get a job. And right. if, it, if it's not, if it's not your dream, forget about it. You now need to go pay back your student loans and you need to stand on your own two feet, forget that dreaming stuff. And I think that as we get older, that desire is so strong and we try to get jobs where we can get that same feeling or fulfillment, but the world is not organized for a lot of us as professionals to strike out on our own. You know, it, it's, you know, Oh, that's really silly. Oh, you know, are, are you sure that's the right idea? All these coming from people who have never been entrepreneurs. Right. So yes, you're really, you're really working with a group of people, much like we do, who have a big dream. But whereas we work on different kinds of strategies, you work on the financial strategies, but you know, they're up against their family, they're up against friends, they're up against 
um, well, how are we going to take care of things? So I, I'm, I'm excited that you are someone who can be there at the beginning when it's dreams, but not a lot of, I don't want to say reality, but you know what I mean? It's, it's about right. taking the dream and putting it on the ground in logical steps forward, right? It's like tethering a hot air balloon to the ground, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, it's hard to do from up there. If, if, if you're a big dreamer and I love that it sounds like that's a lot of what you do is you help tether tether the hot air balloon back to the ground and and make it something real right yes that's a really really beautiful way to put that it's um I I see a lot of my work so where I truly um make a difference for my clients is is in talking through those desires like you said like letting letting everything come up letting all of the big dreams come up letting the fears come up and holding space for um for those fears and desires and you know those dreams they're so big they're so big mm -hmm. and you know i want you to achieve everything that you want to do and okay here is the logical side of it here's my CFP hat coming on to help you, you know, actually curate the choices that make sense that mm -hmm. in numbers will get you to the thing that you want, because that's the, that's, that's the place where it seems to break down the most, right. Is the, right. the vision, the dreams being so big that oh, it's, you know, like, I can't think about that right now. Um, yeah. and you kind of shut it down. Yeah, I think I love to think about it as analogies. Um, I often use one around, let's say you want to climb Mount Everest. So you don't just wake up one morning and go climb Mount, Mount Everest, right? You have right. some physical work you have to do to get yourself ready. And you, so you, you make milestones on your physicalness, but there's also costs. There's a lot of costs associated, right? There's a lot of research that you have to do and you create little milestones. This month, I'm going to do this. And this month, I'm going to do that. And what do we do when we hit a boulder? Or what do you do if you sprain your ankle and you have to kind of put everything behind by a month, right? So it sounds like what you do is you help them think through those, keeping your eye on Mount Everest, but the milestones to get yourself there, right? Including mm -hmm. what, not that you're a health coach, but it's the, it's that coaching that comes where it's very, it's like keeping the milestones active because mm -hmm. it's, it's not about, it's about the dream, but it's about the steps you have to take to get there. And sometimes right. people don't know if they're on track. It's like, oh, I, I should have had, I should have had $10,000 more in the bank yesterday. Okay. Well, you don't. So now let's figure out what to do because you don't have the $10,000 in the bank that you thought you'd have by today. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yes. And it's so, it, it's funny that you um, use that example because that, that literally comes up since I, again, since I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are making their, you know, they are the ones, they're the ones who are paying the bills, you know, the, they direct their businesses and two different times I've had um, just recently uh, had clients not be able to pay themselves in the way that they or you know that's how when it came to me and we had our monthly meeting that was that was the like thing that came up like oh i wasn't able to pay myself 
for whatever reason this month. Um, and that's where, oh, well, tell me more about that. Let's talk through that. How do you feel about that? Right. Mm-hmm. And so understanding, you know, like understanding where you're at, how you're feeling about where you're at, you know, once we can get through the piece where, um, I'll give you the example from, it was December actually with a client. She was going to pay herself. She had not been paying herself regularly. She had this goal to pay herself in December and like finally do it. And then something happened with, you know, a case that it wasn't going to go through, um, in time for her to actually pay herself. And when we got on zoom, yes, she was, she was like, well, this is, this is the next step. And this is the next step. And this is the next step. And it's, it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. And I said, okay, okay. I hear you. Tell me how you feel about that, about what happened. Mm -hmm. And she just started crying right? Because she was so, it was like, she was so disappointed. She was so sad that Mm -hmm. she didn't do the thing that she thought she was going to do. Um, and she, you know, she had to feel, let, let it flow, let it out, let the feelings out. Um, so that once, you know, once she got through that, I mean, it was, like three to five minutes, right? Like it wasn't like it took all day to get through it, <laughs> it right. you know, which is what we worry about. Like, oh, if I feel a feeling, it's just going to like destroy my day. No. If it's happened in the past where every now <laughs> right. and then you're like. It, yes, it, it can. Like, yes, I've had that happen too. But <laughs> for the most part, if you were in a supportive environment, yeah, the, you know, letting the feelings like happen, allowing herself to be disappointed, to be upset about, you know, how things didn't work out the way they wanted, all of a sudden we were able to say, okay, let's look at all these other pieces that you have in place. And here's how we move forward through December. And then in January, she paid herself for the first time from her law firm, the way that she was supposed to. And I was like, she was like, I did it and I'm scared. And, you know, it was just like such a celebration. I celebrated with her and I'm like, I'm so happy for you. That's such a big milestone. Um, because I mean, this, what's so interesting. And these are, again, this is kind of the people that I work with. Her law firm was already making close to $300,000 a year and she was not taking income. Um, and, and, it just, you know, I mean, like the little bits here and there to like mm-hmm. make sure, you know, things were fine, but she was actually working a second job. She had built this law firm to, you know, 250 to $300,000 in revenue per year. And she was working a second job to pay the bills. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was the part for me that was like, okay, so what do you, do you want to keep working this other job or do you want to push full force into your law firm, because this is what you've done part-time. Like you have built something right. huge part-time <laughs> and imagine what that looks like when you push your full energy into that one thing. Yeah. Um, and her dreams are so much bigger. Her dreams are humongous and they're amazing. And it took that, you know, those very first steps of like, here we go. We got to pay yourself regularly from your law firm. We've got to, you know, we've got savings set up so that they're happening regularly. And that's, you know, right. that's going to build everything where it needs to go. 
And I mean, she is just, she has my heart like a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's where for me, I know that I know that what I'm doing in the world, you know, is helping not just, not just her, not just that one client, but helping her support other families. She has employees, um, helping her support her own family, help, you know, all the work that she does with her own clients and, you know, letting that springboard out into the world. Um, and she just needed the support to know that she could do it and to see. So from your Everest, I love the Everest example. Um, I'm also an avid hiker and backpacker. And okay, so, so you, you get that. Yeah. Yes. It resonates with me a lot. I like, I would love to do the Everest base camp hike. So that's like on my bucket list um, to at least do the base camp hike and then see, see after that, how, how far I want to go. But even just getting to base camp, it's like, you have to, like you said, you, you have to be physically ready just for that hike. You have mm-hmm. to have all the supplies that you need for right. that hike. You have to, you know, have the right kind of food, the right kind of equipment, the right kind of backpack, the right kind of shoes and extra shoes and moleskin to cover your blisters and, you know, all of that. Um, and it, yeah, it's overwhelming if you are trying to do it all your, all by yourself. Absolutely. So, all right. So there's a couple of things I'm, I'm- I'm hearing that you're, you're, you're part therapist in terms of your, a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, so here's the thing that, I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of the women that we work with, so we work with money personality types, as you know, and mm-hmm. a lot, there, there's so much, emo, so there's always emotion, even if you're like, I'm calm and everything's fine. That in and of itself is an emotion, but then there's the high ones, like, I'm so excited. It's almost like a mania. And then there's this absolute fear or dug in kinds of emotions and um, helping helping people understand the emotion that's behind it. So you have to talk, you can't move forward. You can, you'll be fro- you can be frozen or move backwards, right? When mm-hmm. you don't address the emotion that's there, right? I, I've seen so many people become paralyzed in taking action or it's like, oh, forget it. I, I'm just not gonna do it. Right. But it sounds like you're able to, you provide a space for them to be able to talk about the emotion that's behind it and, and validate it. And quite often what happens, like when they talk, when people, when you actually allow them to talk and get the emotion out, what is your experience then? Does it, do they just talk about what's there? Do they, do they transform it in the moment? Like it kind of disappears just when you, sometimes when I say stuff out loud, it, it makes it go away. Right. right? <laughs> but when it's in, but what's in my head, you know, I've been carrying it around for like six weeks and then you say it out loud and it's just over. It's like, why did I let that bother me for so long? What was I so afraid of? Yes. Can you, so it, it sounds like you're really comfortable in talking with people about the emotion behind what's happening. Yes. And that's, uh, there, you know, you can logic that into behavioral finance and la la la, you know, you can put, you can put parameters around it um, in that way, but truly it, it is um, that compassionate, you know, seeing the person for, you know, Hey, you like the, the, the example of December is perfect where my client was like, this is what happened and this is how I'm going to fix it. And I knew immediately 
that that is not where she was at emotionally. Mm -hmm. She wasn't, you know, you know, just the way, you know, like she was saying it and, and the energy that I felt, um, from her in the situation, you know, I, I, I knew that there was something else there and, you know, the, I mean, it could go one of two ways, like with her, um, we just have a very open relationship in that way where, you know, when I said, Hey, how are you feeling? Like she, she, we have done that enough times where she felt safe to like sit back for a second and be like, Oh, oh I just really don't feel good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, what I've found the two different ways that that can go when you're able to, sit down right and sit in it and feel it and let it go it does tend to switch quickly like I said three to five minutes you know maybe 10 if it's if it's something that's taking a little bit longer um but typically just like you said once you name it once you I love using the um like have a flashlight or using light as an example, like once you shine a light on the fear, it's, oh, it was a shadow. It it wasn't real. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, just turn the light on, turn the light in the room and you can see your options for what they are, um, or see what's truly there. And, um, yeah, it's, it can clear pretty quickly. The other way that can go is, you know, if someone isn't, if they're feeling really resistant, and they don't like, nope, nope. I'm just, this is how I feel. I'm just really mad right now. And that's all I want to feel. I just want to feel mad. Um, that come that has come up as well. And then, and then it's, you know, just that invitation of, okay, like that's where you're at right now. And that's, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, with that process, like a lot of times I'll, that person will come back a little bit later and be like, oh, well, you know, I, I thought about that a little bit longer and here's where I am now. Mm-hmm. And that's where, okay, we have options now. We have choices available to us. Once you're outside of the anger or outside of the, I'm going to fix it. Um, because yeah, the financial decisions that we make, especially entrepreneurs and business owners, when we are making decisions about how we pay ourselves, how much we save, um, you know, what we're choosing to go after, how big we're willing to go, mm-hmm. there, there is a lot of inherent risk in being an entrepreneur, right? Like we, we know it. <laughs> Like you said, family talks about it. Um, and then, and then that little voice is just like everywhere. Like, well, what if this goes wrong? Well, what if that goes wrong? Well, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? And I know from my own heart, from my own experience, um, when I hear those fears, um, my instinct is, well, I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Like, and that, I think that is the entrepreneurial instinct versus the, um, you know, employee instinct, which again, not to, not to like put a damper on either one or, you know, like that's, but that truly is the difference that when someone else is saying, well, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if you can't pay your bills? What if the stock market crashes? What if you lose a client? What if, you know, regulations change and you have to do something and then, and that's all, it's just the fear of the what ifs and they stay there and they won't look past it. Mm-hmm. And on the entrepreneurial side, like, well, what if the stock market increases by 30%? Mm-hmm. 
like it did the last two years? What if I get all the clients I desire? What if I build something that's so much bigger than myself? What if this is the best thing I've ever done? Mm -hmm. And both of those, right? Like both of those are, can be true. It just, which am I going to look this way at all the fears or am I going to look this way at all the opportunities? Yeah. And so which one do you feed? Right. Right. You, exactly. You the opportunity <laughs> or the fear. Yeah. Yes. So as we do that it, at the same time, so all of these things, like we are such complex creatures, right? So we understand that we understand that as entrepreneurs, we have to we have to feed the opportunity. We have to see that there's opportunity or else, you know, your business falls flat and you go back to work for someone else. And we know that that's risky. It is not lost on us that how much risk there is. So what tends to happen is that we either de-risk everywhere else. um, So that's like leaving tons of cash everywhere and just pockets of cash all over the place of so many examples. I bet that does not sound like a good strategy. (laughs) No, it's not a good strategy. It's either that, or there's like this, like heavy curtain that goes up. Right. And I'm just, I'm just not going to look at anything else. And I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing here because this stuff is too, like there's risk there too. And I just don't want to see it. And it's scary. Um, and with the, the cash example, that's the funniest. It's not funny, uh, but it is funny um, at the same time because I'm, almost every single client that's that has come in the door um, has like no joke, 60, I think 60,000 was like the least, it might even have been 63, was like the least amount of cash that was squirreled away in no joke, five accounts to seven accounts to even more than that, like different of oh, 5,000 here, 10,000 here, 7,000 there, 40,000. Like, and there's, so it's like, they don't feel like they have, Oh, I don't have a cash reserve. Oh, I don't have enough safety. I, you know, I'm just going to keep like, like a squirrel, you know, stashing, stashing little bits of cash in places. And then when we start to do that discovery process of, okay, let's see everything. Suddenly, when I add up all the cash, I'm like, you see this? See, like you, <laughs> you have a lot of cash. Um, I've seen literally up to a million plus of cash. Wow. Um, like not not exaggerating in the least. Um, just from not knowing what to do with it, not understanding right. what the safe amount is, and so you do nothing. Right. And if you're surrounded by people who don't have that kind of money, they're the ones who are probably not, they're the ones who, the only ones you know to turn to for advice, and they're not the ones to give you the best advice, right? People who aren't entrepreneurs, you don't, don't talk to people who have, you know, worked in, worked for Cincinnati Bell. I love Cincinnati Bell. Okay. So, but I mean, right. who worked inside <laughs> of a company for 25 years, they're getting the pension, and they're the ones who are telling you not to do what you're going to do and how to deal with your cash and all the things to be worried about. Because I think deep down, they're afraid that you're going to be successful and they're going to realize that they have never pursued their own dream. And so it's easier than just to pick on you, the entrepreneur, because nobody, nobody wants to, you know, everybody wants to be the star. And if you go off and become the star, 
right? Then what does that say about me? If you're now the star, all my guidance and advice to you over the years sucked. Right. 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 And you're now, yeah. You know, <laughs> you're you're centered, centering yourself on someone else's story. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, one of the things that I, I, I heard recently about a lady who, from another friend of mine who does advising, she was so afraid, she's an older woman and was afraid that there, because of what the banks are doing in Russia right now, in terms of shutting off credit and shutting down the banks that somehow Russian, the Russians would somehow get to our banks. And so she pulled more than a million dollars out and literally it's in cans and under her mattress because she's really terrified of that. And I thought, well, okay, that's, but people do things like that because they're not being advised by people who understand how to make her feel safe. How much should she have in cash so that she feels safe and not screw up the rest of her retirement plan, which is sounds like that you, you support them in thinking about that, but you support them in this, in this entrepreneur world, right? Where you mm -hmm. give people the freedom and flexibility to go pursue their dreams instead of, yeah, you got that dream, but you probably got to go work for a big company to make that happen. It's so right. great that you're not, I mean, you may have that conversation with them at some point, right? I mean, do you have to talk to entrepreneurs at some point and say, look, you know, unless these things change over here, I, we can't make that happen. We have to, we have to create a new path, which might include a part-time job or something else or taking on a partner to make things happen. Right. Do you have, do you, do you have those kinds of deep, uncomfortable conversations with people? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Conversations, you know, I, um, I want to say, you know, like even, even for me, I, I want to say like, oh, I don't like having un uncomfortable conversations, but I can literally think back to like so many where, you know, like sitting, asking a question and then just sitting there and letting someone else just feel like, oh, feel all their feelings. Um, yeah. That, you know, that's part of the process of seeing what I, you know, saying what I'm seeing so that mm -hmm. they can, you know, get the full benefit of, okay, how do we, how do, how do I feel about what she's seeing in this situation? Um, right. And more, more often than, more often than not, I would say the conversation is about here are my goals. How do I get there? And it's, it's almost always a, a positive conversation, which is nice to have because it's okay. If you want to do those things, your income as it is right now will support this. And typically not always, but with the client, I, I usually work with clients who do have, you know, strong revenue. They just don't know how to use it, right? They just haven't been utilizing it effectively. So strong, strong revenue, meaning, you know, they have had consistent revenue um, and they are supporting their family. Right. Mm -hmm. And there might be credit cards here and there, or, you know, like debt to figure out, or, you know, I would like to do this thing and it's going to cost money for an investment, whether that's coaching or equipment or whatever. Um, so yes, those, those conversations happen. Um, but more often than not, it's okay. Here is where you're at right now. It's supporting what you're doing right this second. If you want to pay for your kids to go to private school all the way through high school, here's what you need to be making. 
Mm, Here's, you know, this is this, this income level is what will support that dream (laughs) in the next five years or, you know, whatever. Um, And what I then see with my clients is that usually that's the spark of inspiration that like, I can do that. Oh, I can do that. Like that's, I'm already putting the things in place that are going to get me to that revenue goal. And then when they hit that one, what's next? Usually there's already a something. Okay. So how do we, you know, how do we plan for the next thing? Um, But, you know, there, there is always the possibility that, you know, things can shift, things can get to the point where, you know, it's just not, something is not working. Um, and having been, um, I think this, this pulls into like my actual story pretty strongly because my, my parents started their first business when I was three. So Mm. my, you know, I don't know, um, if you talk about, you know, like money stories from, from your set point, like that age, age zero to seven, where we're just taking in all the information that we get from around us and like really setting a lot of our own personality from, you know, that, that young age where we're just taking all the information in. And so for me in my life, there was a lot of struggle in that zero to seven my, we did not have a lot of money. Um, we lived in a single white trailer with, I have, I have three brothers, um, and my parents. And so we lived in a little trailer until I was three and we bought a small house when I was three. My parents started their, their, um, residential repainting business. So they would paint insides and outsides of homes and it was hard work. It was really hard work. And they, my parents are just like two of the hardest working people I've ever known truly Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, and you know, they were overcoming adversity all the time. And yet at the same time, when I was, you know, in that zero to seven, I was, I was incorporating all these money stories of there's not enough. I can't have what I, you know, there's not enough for what we need as a family. I certainly can't ask for extra, you know, I can't have the things that I want. Um, when I would get money, I would I was an amazing saver. I think I had like hundreds of dollars saved by the time I was 10 years old, just from like birthday money. And like, (laughs) like I understand that I would, I would keep my money for, I didn't even need anything, but I was scared of not having it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as the business started doing better and started growing and, you know, when I was in high school, it was doing a whole lot better. Um, and we were able to buy a bigger house and like all of these things were, were happening but I was feeling very, um, I wanted safety. I wanted, I dreamed of working at a bank, um, working, you know, nine, nine to five, knowing my parents worked all weekend. They just worked all the time, you know, and they worked so hard and like, I want to work nine to five at a bank and count people's money. (laughs) That's a perfect job, right? Right. Sounds amazing. We'll just keep all the money in the bank and we'll just, Mm -hmm. you know get to count it, um, get to wear nice clothes and I'm sweaty and painting. Um, and yet even while I was working at the bank, that was after, you know, as soon as I graduated from college, I was also, um, my, my bachelor's degree is in flute performance. Um, so I'm a classically trained musician 
and I taught private lessons. And so even in the midst of like always wanting to have a regular job, I was building a flute studio from scratch on my own. Like that was, that was the first real business. Like it, I made a lot of money for a college student. Right. <laughs> teaching right. private, private flute students. I had the biggest private flute studio um, in my, you know, little mountain town. And you know, I would play gigs and I would teach master classes and I was doing all, all the stuff that I'm doing now, kind of. Um, but I was doing it, you know, back then. And even still, I did not see, I did not see that as like, oh, I can do that full time. Oh, I wanted like, it was going to be a side hustle and because you, right? you knew because you didn't have the security of or a guarantee what seemed yep. like a guarantee. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. And then with my with my parents around that same time, I graduated from college in 2006. Um, and then I started working at Ameriprise, big, big broker dealer. Hey. Um, financial planning firm in 2007. And we all experienced 2008 and 2009 together. Right. Um, And so I was, I was very fortunate to be able to keep my job at the firm I was at, um, because they were big enough to, you know, really handle everything that was going on. Um, So I had this very interesting seat during that 2008 to 2010, really, where I was working with clients. I was writing financial plans for and working with clients who had reserves, who had safety, who had done the planning and they made it through. It wasn't comfortable. We were on the phone all the time, you know, helping clients, holding hands through everything that was going on. Um, And that was a really slow decline too. So that was, you know, it wasn't quite the same as what we just experienced in 2020. There was this like, like a year of the market just going down and down and clients are like, what is happening? <laughs> I remember like, very yeah. well. Yes. It was, it was an interesting, you know, a very different recession than what we've experienced, you know, in 2001 and in 2020 and around there. Um, but I still had, I had that experience of seeing business owners bounce back who had the reserves and were able to bounce back on my parents' side. They, never had reserves. They didn't have anything in place. You know, they, they, they worked so hard to pay the bills and to pay the employees, pay the, pay the, um, operating expenses that what was left over went straight into lifestyle. And um, it wasn't ever crazy. Like we didn't have like a lavish lifestyle. It was, you know, it got better as I got older, but it was never like, you know, just have whatever you want. Um, And when I saw them struggling through that 2008 to 2010, the business did not last. They had to lay off all the employees. They had to sell off most of the equipment and go back to like solopreneur, just doing what I can to pay for rent for this Mm -hmm. month. Um, And for me, I, I wasn't in a place where I could do anything about it when I was 23. Right, right. Right. Um, and that was, it was really hard. It was really hard to know, like start having, start knowing, you know, like I, I was fully licensed. I was working in financial planning. I was doing all that. Like I was gaining all this knowledge and I felt like I couldn't do anything to help them, mm-hmm. but I could see 
the other side of it when right. clients made it through. So the way the circle all of that back, um, the way that I work with clients now is that, hey, yes, let's have that safety. Let's have that safety net, a safety net that makes sense, not a humongous one, not a tiny, like we find the Goldilocks amount, right? Uh right? Where you have what you need, where you can, you know, support your business through, I I usually recommend nine to 12 months of, you know, you, if you need to pivot, you have nine to 12 months that where you are good solvent in your business. Um, And what that does is if things are not working out, you can make a decision from a place of choice and from a place of power rather than like, this is what I have to do now, right? Like just panicking and making decisions in panic because we never make good decisions when we're in panic. Right. Um, So yeah, that's the, the first step to building that resiliency is the cash reserve, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and, and in the way that I work with my clients that, hey, we, we have this safety and identifying it and seeing that it's safe. Right, right, right. Because you might see something that's safe, but they don't quite re- feel it as safe yet, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah like I said, like yeah. the squirrel, like, like well, there's what, what are you doing over there? Like, oh, but that's like, nope, no, let's look at it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Let's bring it in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that well, it's such a great story though about your parents, you know, and 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 I feel bad for them because you know, I grew up where my dad lost his job when I was about four or five years old, and then he started building um, engineering companies, like, mm. um, and so he would build it to a certain point. But but there were three of us girls, and somehow I always had the money that I wanted for anything. Mm. And I had a sister who was more like you, who was terrified. And so she never asked for money. And so her experience of all of it was there was never any money. And then my third sister, like money, where's money? Right. I mean, just never, <laughs> it was just not even on her radar screen. Right. And, and so how we can have such different experiences and how, you know, from that experience when you're young, like I always, I'm more maverick. Like it's like, Oh, I'll figure it out. Money just always shows up. And, Mm -hmm. but you're the planner and you can bring that to entrepreneurs like me, who I'm like, I'm going to figure it out, but I'm okay with the dip, but not everybody's okay with the dip. And I love that you, based on what you saw happening with your parents that gave you an insight and then your flute business, that's just, it's just so great. Do you know what I mean? You, you, Mm -hmm. you have been on the ground. You're not somebody who has built up your own wealth on the backs of people who are already millionaires now trying to give advice to people who are starting out. You have been in the trenches with them, which I think is so valuable, Hannah. Do you know what I mean? It is so valuable that you have lived it, right? You've lived it, which makes, when it comes to money, that is a, it's a huge deal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a really big deal to know that the person you're talking to has been where you are and figured it out. Right. Yes. Yes. And I, that's where the compassion comes in. Right. And not in a patronizing way, not in, you know, like there's no, there's, there is no, um, sense of pity or, you know, anything, anything where, where we can start to feel like empathy is, 
you know, empathy over sympathy type thing. Right. Like, so I'm not, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel bad for my clients. I don't, Oh, poor you. Like, yeah, things are going really bad. Um, we don't have those kind of conversations, right. It's more, it really truly is like, Oh yeah, let's, let's, let's get through Mm -hmm. this piece. Like it doesn't feel good right now. There are times where things feel really bad. And I've said, I've said that too, even in my own business, you know, last, um, well, kind of at the beginning when I was like repositioning and figuring out how to talk to the audience that I was trying to talk to, I didn't get any new clients for a good couple of months. And I was screaming into pillows, right? Like I'm here freaking out. literally screaming and crying and like, uh, you know, working through it. Um, and I think even that, you know, like, yes, I've been there over and over and over. And mm-hmm. it's, it's always going to keep, you know, it's, it's part of the cycle of how right. we learn and how we grow. Um, and yeah, knowing that like, yes, I've been here with you and mm-hmm. here's how, Here's how I got out of it. Here's how other clients have gotten out of it. Sometimes my, my exact perspective isn't quite the right one, but I've worked with so many different people. Like, what about maybe this works? Maybe this works, right? Like we can, we can iterate until find the thing that works. And you make sure the, and you also make sure that they have a team around them though. Right. So you, you don't, you don't do everything, but you know who, you know, like, you need an accountant or maybe you're yeah. at a point where you need a CPA or maybe you need a, somebody might need a business strategist or a coach, which is different mm-hmm. than you being able to project. Here's the cash today. Here's where we're headed. But I can't tell you how to go sell. Let's find you someone who can get you the clients that you need, which is yes. Right. So you help them build a team if they don't have one. Right. Because entrepreneurs tend to really be solopreneurs right mm-hmm. they they it's it's their dream they're afraid of telling anybody their dream they don't want anybody to get in the middle of their dream they don't want anybody to redirect them because it's their dream and if you start adding people to the team they're like oh, but then it won't be my dream anymore which often can happen right but you have to be able to have a team to support you and it sounds like you can help them build the team as well Yes. Yes. That's such a good point because yes, I do not, I am not a bookkeeper and I am not um, an accountant, right? Like those are not my, my zones of excellence or zones of genius really, or excellence. Um, (laughs) So we need those team members. Um, And a lot of times that looks like, you know, we're just about at tax time right now, like literally talking to my clients, accountants saying, okay, here's, you know, how did things turn out? Here's what we have ready to go in order to save. We need to know what the final numbers are. So before we can save to the SEP IRA or the traditional IRA or the four, like whatever choice we have to start putting money away for retirement, that requires the, the assistance of um, an accountant or a CPA, if the business is big enough that it needs to start being audited. Yeah. We're going to have to find you an actual CPA that can do audits. Um, again, the bookkeeping, not my, (laughs) not my strong suit, um, as far as like the monthly, yes, you need a bookkeeper. Um, and you're not, you don't want to pay me for all that. Like, I don't want to do all that work. Right. Um, like pay me that for takes the, the joy that, out of your job right, right? yeah yeah that's not the <laughs> I part want that my I joy do. spot in my work right yes yes um attorneys like people need 
estate attorneys to make sure their estate documents are in place. We need business attorneys to make sure that everything is, you know, all your LLC is right or, you know, whatever structure that you're going to start using. Um, and then, you know, to your point of maybe when you're trying to start selling your business, yeah, let's get you hooked up with an exit planning, a certified exit planning specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, what resources, like that's, that's where I have been digging in a ton over the last year is like really honing in my network and creating relationships with people that I trust that I would work with this person or I do work with this person. I feel, you know, that when I send them a client that they will treat them like they are the most important person in the room always. Um, because yes, any, any, you know, referral that I give out is a reflection on me too, right? So, 100%. yeah, like it, or not, it is. <laughs> yes, yeah. So building that, building that team, um, especially for the entrepreneur that's you know just starting to build, right? Maybe they have a couple of employees, or maybe they have some virtual employees, like virtual assistants, you know. So they have, they're kind of getting the feel for that, but they don't really have the support network that they truly need. Yes, that is my. Um, I feel like that's my next, next step as well for me is to start really, um, having more conversations where, where, um, entrepreneurs can see, okay, here is a fractional operations person here is a fractional, like a CF, a fractional CFO. That's another space where, you know, that person can bring tons of value to work with that complements what we do together. Um, even financial coaching is like another space, you know, when people go through financial coaching first and get their mindset into a mindset's big deal, healthier space. Yes. All like we can make so many good decisions <laughs> together. Right, 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 right. It's easier. You know, it's like starting, it's like starting from someone else helped you get all your gear packed. Um, you know, and now, now That's I get right. to like hit the trail rather than like starting from getting all the gear packed. That's right. Um, That's right. Uh, this is this, the, the work that you're doing, Hannah, is so amazing. It's really amazing that you're operating in this entrepreneur space. You understand the entrepreneur. You can work with them from idea generation through their, through their financial plan because you're a certified financial planner. You can help them figure out how much do you need short term, medium term, in the long term? How do we project out? How do we manage for those things? And you can help them build the team around themselves to actually have their, oh, I have goosebumps. <laughs> actually have their, oh my gosh. Like, like real if, ones. If you need podcasting, you guys cannot see my skin. Uh, okay, but I'm just, when I think about, you know, the soup to nuts kind of thing that you do, it just, it's just emotionally, there's just so much there for me right now. I'm, I'm very surprised at how much emotion is coming up for me because it's just such an important thing, Hannah. It's so important and and I and I can't share enough about the work that you're doing and how you know entrepreneurs really need to talk to you they really really do you know yeah and I'm just so glad that you had you took some time to talk to to me today about this is there anything else you want to let people know that maybe we didn't touch on because we, we we covered a lot of stuff but any last minute messages you know that could inspire people to like getting gear on their dreams. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, I, 
I start with my clients. Um, literally when they come on with me, the, one of the very first things that they do is I, is I have them write out everything that they actually desire for their business, um, how they want that to look, you know, what is paint me, paint me the most beautiful pictures that you can imagine of what you want your life to look like your business to look like, um, you know, the things that you want to be, the things that you want to do, the things that you want to have. Um, and so when I, you know, copied and pasted that email for the, you know, whatever 10th time, uh, <laughs> with new clients, I was like, you know what, my clients aren't the only people that should be doing this exercise. And so I went and created a PDF um, of journaling pages that I call light up your desires uh, in business and life, right? So light them up, light, like shine a light and bring a light to your desires so that you can start planning and like pushing your energy towards that. Um, so you can get that. Um, you can go to my website. That's uh, X and then the number two wealthplanning.com. And that'll all be in the show notes and all of that. Um, but yes, get, go to my website, download those journaling pages and start writing, start identifying the desires that you have. And that is where you'll find the inspiration to, you know, keep moving forward. Um, you know, moving forward in the direction that you want to go. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I start with my clients and, um, you know, from there, you know, we're almost at tax time, like where we're in tax time right now, like there's a lot of decisions going on. And if you're kind of freaking out because, uh, or whenever this episode comes out, maybe it'll be after tax time. If you just <laughs> had that experience of like, oh man, I wish I would have been more prepared. Guess what? You can do that. There is time to like actually plan for right. your taxes ahead of time. And that I think is the next step for entrepreneurs is to understand that you can create the income that allows you to plan ahead for things and feel ready rather mm -hmm. than feeling like you're always on your back foot and like right. scrambling. Um, so yes, if either of those things resonate, I am more than happy to, you know, have conversations. I love connecting with people. So connect with me, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, my website, YouTube, all of those places. Um, and I, I am just loving all the people that I'm meeting and connecting with and stories that I'm hearing. And I want to hear more. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to send people your direction, Hannah. Thank you again for spending time with us and we'll have you back on for some other conversations in the future, but I'm just thrilled to introduce you and your ideas to our, to our listeners. Cause we work a lot with entrepreneurs and they just need to know that don't do it alone. Do, mm -hmm. not, do not do it alone. There's no business that can grow when you do it by yourself. Cause yeah. when, when you're doing that, you're really an employee of your own company. You're the employee and the employer. You're not a business owner. You're a, right. something else. And you can right. help people get outside of that to live the life that they have dreamt about for all these years. So yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I loved it. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. All right. Until next time. Another episode of the money loves me Bye. money loves me not podcast with your host Don Parks. You can catch prior episodes at moneylovesme.show featuring YouTube videos and links to your favorite podcast app. As a thank you for giving us a positive podcast review or social media comment, you can claim your free gift at moneylovesme.show.